Hi, I'm Mo Hunt. I'm Mae Campbell. Hi, I'm Rachel Malcolm. I'm Sarah Hunter. This is the Prem 15s in 15s. Prem 15s in 15s. TW2's Premier 15s in 15. Hello everybody and welcome to the Prem 15s in 15s brought to you by the TW2 gang. And joining me is Imogen Ainsworth and Fergus Mainland to review what was the final round of the Allianz Prem 15s, which we saw two teams bow out for the last time in the Prem 15s, DMP Sharks, as well as Wasps. They will be totally missed, but we're going to go first to the scores of the previous weekend with Imogen. All the games started on Saturday at 2, which was very confusing for kind of coverage purposes. But I'll start off with DMP Sharks versus uh, Sale Sharks, obviously Battle of the North and Battle of the Sharks. Um, and Sale Sharks came out victorious on that one, 34 points to 5. Then we headed to the West Country and it was Exeter versus Gloucester at the Alpass Arena. Exeter came out victorious, scoring 58 points to Gloucester Hartbury's 19. Um, Saracens played Loughborough at Franklin's Gardens and won 33-21. Then we had a draw, another 33 score between Harlequins and Worcester Warriors. Um, In Worcester, the score was 33-33. And then at Twyford Avenue for the final time, it was Bristol Bears versus Wasps and the final score was 41-22 to Bristol. And Fergus has what the table looks like after all the rounds played and who's going to the semi-finals. Yes, the semi-finals are confirmed. The league has played its final round and Gloucester Hartbury come out on top with 79 points, one point ahead of Exeter Chiefs. They are your first and second team. They've got home semi-finals. Saracens finished third on 75 points and Bristol Bears finished fourth on 62 points. They're your top four teams this season, which means Harlequins miss out on the playoffs with 55 points. In sixth place was University of Worcester Warriors. Sale Sharks finished seventh. Loughborough Lightning were eighth. DMP finished ninth with 10 points and Wasps bow out with two points. However, picking up the bonus point uh, against uh, Bristol at Twyford Avenue. Can I just say as well, this is the first time ever, I think, I saw somewhere that Quinns haven't qualified for the... um, playoffs which is obviously there's a lot about their season unfortunately and narrowly missing out again on well narrowly missing out for the first time on on the playoffs. yeah quite a disappointing season for harlequins not making the playoffs uh, a team that's won the league before so they're actually a league force but not going according to plan this season um and surely we'll see those coaches amy turner as well as brent Janse van rainsberg who's the technical director finding solutions to their harlequins team down there at the stoop but we also have a moment of marriage from a man who's been keeping abreast of the rugby, regardless of his busy life. He is Matt's moment of merit. I'm on holiday in sunny St Ives this week, uh, and as such, I've not seen any of uh, the weekend's Premier 15's action. But that doesn't really change things for me, because there's only one shout-out to be made this week, only one moment to consider... And that is that Wasps and DMP Sharks are both no longer Premier 15's teams. Uh, whether you're a fan of either team, whether you're a fan of the league, uh, or whether you're you're pretty new to uh, women's rugby, it's worth bearing in mind that these are historic teams. Uh, Wasps 
women's first team ran out in 1985. DMP Sharks uh, have a, a multi-year history that runs back way before uh, the formation of the Premier 15s as well. These these teams have been key to their communities. They've developed a huge amount of international players and coaches and their loss will be keenly felt across the community. Uh, I'd urge anyone to uh, look out Tamara Taylor's post about DMP Sharks on social media particularly. It's pretty hard-hitting stuff. Uh, so just a thought to uh, the players, the coaches, the backroom staff and the fans of both of those clubs uh, who will be pretty sad this week, understandably so. Um, we're As much as we're excited to see uh, Leicester Tigers and Ealing Trailfinders join the league, and genuinely we are. Um, Wasps, DMP Sharks, two teams that always played with their hearts on their sleeves. We're going to miss you. Yeah, quite a touching moment there from, from Matt. Um, two teams were losing. Imogen and Fergus, you were both at Twyford Avenue for that final, final game that Wasps play of professional rugby in the foreseeable future for the entire franchise, really. Um, how was that for you guys? You were there and what were the scenes like? I think it was a really emotional afternoon for a lot of people involved with the club. They had a special guard of honour pre-match with dozens of players who were there founding uh, Wasps Women originally 38 years ago and who have played over the years. And that was quite a powerful moment. Them all running out of out the changing rooms and then singing the Wasp song as they all came onto the pitch. It was It was really lovely. And... What it resulted in is the best match that Wasps have played all season. Um, 17-10 leading at halftime, some absolute worldy scores. And what was so nice to see was Wasps got the final the final try of the match, scoring at their clubhouse end of the pitch, right in front of all the spectators and all the players. And yes, while they while they lost the match ultimately, there was a it was a nice positive end on which to, to buy out of um, top-tier uh, women's rugby. Yeah, Imo, we saw a lot of rugby legends and royalty going down to Twyford Avenue. Um, who did you catch there and what was the general conversation around what has been a sad ending to basically rugby at Wasps? Yeah, so like there are too many people to mention that we saw. Um, I saw Claire Purdy, obviously former Wasps player, World Cup winner, Amy Wilson-Hardy, Wasps player, GB7s player, um, Olympian, we saw Giselle Matha, obviously player and coach. Um, Sue Martineau, who founded the club or kind of was a real driving force behind the founding of the club 38 years ago and the, the story she told of kind of the, the real origins and, and what they'd been through. We saw um, Helen Harding, who has a ridiculous amount of caps for the club and it really has been a kind of at the heart of Wasps for a long, long time. And I think what was really lovely is at the end of the the game there were some speeches um and then we went to go and kind of do our interviews and all these ex-players were just kind of playing touch rugby and like the the vibe was just really lovely obviously everyone was everyone was acutely aware of the situation and, and obviously this season has been the toughest yet for for wasps and all of their supporters but actually i think the celebration of everything that wasps is was really lovely and i think there was just a whole kind of atmosphere of people catching up with people they hadn't seen in years and just you know their motto is once a wasp always a wasp and you could kind of really like sense that and I think a lot of players kind of came afterwards I saw um Lene Corson she 
has just retired as well. She obviously, I think she was at Wasps for about six weeks or something when she moved across the UK. And I think we'd left by that point, but I saw on Instagram, she was back there. You know, there are so many people I've missed that I could mention, but just looking around, you could really get a sense of what Wasps meant to people. And I think what was really interesting is while we know that they won't be in the Premier 15s anymore, they they'll still have the amateur club and a lot of the players will probably still play, uh, stay and play for them. I don't, I'm not 100% sure this year on kind of terms of professionalism, but I don't think many of them are on professional contracts, if, if any. I think a lot of them stayed there to kind of, we spoke to Liz Craig and she said she really didn't care about, you know, going somewhere else where she was going to get paid and not get game time. She wanted to get game time. She wanted to be in training and, and get those experiences that actually got her that England shirt and all all of her hard work paid off. So I think even things like that really speaks volumes about what Wasps is and what Wasps means to people. If this was a club that people didn't care about and, you know, it would be easy for people to kind of go in search of money elsewhere. I'm sure many of them could have found contracts elsewhere. But I think the the ethos and everything that Wasps is and how they've stuck together this this season in particular has just been like a real show of everything that rugby can mean to people obviously it's it's devastating what's happened to them and no one's going to take that away but I think the community element of it will never never leave there was a couple of things actually that Liz talked about I think first of which was that all of the players got to play with names on the back of their shirts or for their final game and they had a really special presentation for that pre-match which was which was awesome it was really nice but also there was a number of the Bristol players who were previously involved with wasps were playing with wasp socks and there was a nice sort of bit of symmetry to the season because Wasps went and played Bristol right at the beginning of the season. And there was a moment between those players when Wasps were just going through the absolute shit right at the beginning of the season. Uh, and then they all came together. They sang their club song at the end of it underneath the post. So I think to be able to, to celebrate it with those players who are now at Bristol was, yeah, it was, it was, it was really lovely to see, actually. Really lovely to see. And I'm sure... They partied and celebrated all things Wasps well into the early hours of the morning. Yeah, once a Wasp, always a Wasp. And we hope that some of those players who are in around searching for professional contracts, if they haven't, who want to get a chance to play with some of the teams coming into the league or other teams already in existence. But DMP, Sharks, Emo are also leaving the Prem 15s. And they've they've been a wonderful, wonderful outfit, haven't they? Yes, obviously DMP as well in the Northeast, they've kind of been a real mainstay for rugby union um, for a lot of players in the North. And I actually saw a, a tweet from the referee, Nikki O'Donnell, who um, she refereed at the weekend, but she'd actually started her rugby journey kind of playing for DMP and, and saying how much it, it kind of meant to them. But yeah, I think what's important to note with Wasps is while we were at Twickenham the other week and we witnessed England playing France and that massive crowd, Wasps and Richmond were the first women's teams to ever play at Twickenham. And I think without the the hard work and the effort they've put into kind of growing the game and their involvement, I don't think we would be seeing crowds like we had at Twickenham. And kind of Sue Martineau was saying how much it meant to her, like when she first played there and, you know, she was the first woman to ever lift the trophy up at Twickenham and there were about five people there and they had to find the cleaner to go and let them into the changing rooms. But then, you know, a few weeks ago, we had over 58,000 people kind of celebrating women's rugby. And I think the impact that, wasps have had on the game in general and dmp especially in the northeast i don't think that's something that can be ignored and i don't think i wouldn't be surprised if we saw either team especially wasps i think pop up again somewhere in the future yeah hopefully they pop up somewhere in the picture um both teams that is 
But the semifinals have been confirmed. Um, but before we do that, we, we look at some of the performances of throughout the season of some of the teams that we won't be seeing again this year. Harlequins disappointing um, in terms of how their season has gone by. And surely they should be looking at maybe improving or they've lost a couple of players as well to other teams. Um, Fergus, thoughts on Harlequins and what do you expect from them next season? Yeah, I think as we as we noted, I think for Quinns not to make the playoffs this year, I think is, yeah, I think you said a disappointing result from the club. But I think they've been hampered with injuries, particularly up front and uh, some of their forwards. I mean, I've, 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 I've talked so much about Scottish players throughout the Six Nations, but a, a chunk of them, Jade Conker Roberts and whatnot, are are involved with with Quinns and to, and you saw the impact that she had on Scotland when she came back in. Um, and I think to not have that for Quinns for a large chunk of the season is was tough, really tough for them. Um, so yeah, I think it's, I think it's teams go through those kind of years. You know, um, they have they have poor runs of form, which is I think was what Quinns have had this season. And I think while yes, they've got quite a lot of, of players moving on, I think we can certainly expect them to to bolster the ranks where where they're losing some of those players. And I think we can expect another cracking season from from Quinns starting in in September time with the with the Premier Fifteens Cup. And I think they'll be certainly challenging to get back into playoffs come next season. Yeah, I think as well, it, it can't be ignored that, I, you know, you look at the likes of Quinns and Loughborough. I, I mean, every team, to some respect, had disruption at the start of the season. But with the World Cup at the start and players kind of scatter all over, you look at Saracens and a lot of them were condensed in that England team together and, you know, still bonding as, as teammates, whether that's in an England shirt or a Sari shirt. And, you know, even Saris had a, a shakier start to the season than they probably would have liked, I guess, due to the displacement of players and kind of forming your team after a World Cup when players have been away and have had a really high standard of competition to then come back to another high standard straight after that is always going to be difficult. And I think we've spoken quite a lot this season with Loughborough and Quinns about you know losing those international players the World Cup then Six Nations it, it's a lot of disruption um, and I think hopefully you know we've got WXV this year which will be a kind of similar kind of time to when the World Cup was last year but hopefully that won't be as much of a disruption because I think you look at the the team sheets coming out of the likes of um, Quinns and Loughborough and on paper they're absolutely excellent teams and I think it would just be nice to be able to see that kind of talent transferred to a, a team performance. I think, you know, Sarri's Gloucester, a lot of their players have been in clusters in, you know, kind of England or Wales, and then they've had other, other teammates join them from other countries. But I think, you know, you need to have that cohesion. Otherwise, it's, it's going to be really difficult. But I think the more these squads are building and the more time they have together, the, the better it's going to be next season. Yeah, definitely. Another team that hasn't done as well as they would have loved is Sale Sharks. Probably, um, I saw them, I think, in as in round three or four, getting battered by a not-so-impressive Quinn side at the stoop. And they obviously haven't done well, Fergus. Um, do you think they also need some players to, to bolster the squad and make sure that they've got the depth to take them through a long-season campaign? I don't know. I mean, they started well, I think. But I think that was perhaps naivety on our behalf, based on sort of where they were and not having players going off to the World Cup. Um, I think they put up a really strong performance against Gloucester Hartbury last week, uh, particularly in the first half when they played at Richmond. And I think they've there's stuff there's stuff there. So I, 
again, I'd like to see them pushing up the table more than they, they have done this season uh, and certainly challenging some of those top teams because they showed last week they can challenge Gloucester Hartbury. But again, it's that sort of consistency that we're looking to see with them. And particularly now with Sale being the northern, the north, even though it's in Manchester, like Manchester's not the north. That's, yes, it no, is. It's, like it's not the proper north. It's, it's not the Midlands. Yeah, but it's not the proper north. Um, but now all of a sudden they are they are representing the north in in Prem 15. So it's a, it's a big mantle on which to carry on their shoulders. Yeah, and surely Rachel Taylor is the right person to figure out solutions for that Sales Sharks outfit um, as the performance director there. But semifinals are confirmed, guys. We have two blockbuster encounters coming our way. Obviously, the one team from from London will be disappointed that they're not getting a home semi because things didn't go their way. That's Exeter playing Saracens, the one semi-final at Sandy Park. But we also have Gloucester Hartpree taking on Bristol Bears at Kingsholm. I must say Gloucester Hartpree were disappointing this weekend. How are they preparing for that semi and what are things they need to get right if they're not going to slip up against, I would say, a determined Bristol side we've seen this past season. You have to be realistic at the point of the season this is in. They knew they they would qualify for the semi-finals no matter how many points Bruce, uh, Exeter sorry, put past them. But I think you have to be realistic at, at this point and go, you know, we see it in the men's premiership all the time. Saracens have done it for years. They'll put out, you know, they, they know exactly when to put out their performances and when to rest, you know, not rest completely, but when to give it your all and maybe when you need to kind of just exp- like get through the game and then get to the next phase. Um I think they've obviously Gloucester Hartbury have obviously been on top for quite a lot of this season. Um, I think playing hopefully with a good a good crowd at Kingsholm for the semi final should really um, spur them on. But yeah, Bristol I don't think uh, are ones to be ignored. I think Dave Ward has done an excellent job with them this season. He's really kind of propelled them forward, and I think a lot of those players are are real ones to keep an eye out for. You know, we saw Lark Davies score like a hat trick in what, 15 minutes after coming off the bench the other day like that is just insane and you know the likes of Sarah Byrne, Simi Pam you've got Alicia Butchers came back from a really lengthy injury um, against Wasp you know they've got too many good players to name and when you put them against a very strong Gloucester side they're quite similar in terms of the talents they've got and where they can go so I, I do think it could be quite a close encounter um, for that Gloucester Hartbury again. I think for Gloucester, what was very interesting was when I spoke with Sean Lane after the sale game, where it, they played poorly in the first half. I mean, he said it, his words, not mine. Like it wasn't that wasn't Gloucester rugby in the first half. If you play that kind of rugby against Bristol, you're going to lose the match. You can't like yes, even if you bounce back and have a good second half, you're still going to lose the match. Bristol are in, they're in good form at the moment. Yes, their first half against. Um, against Wasp wasn't particularly impressive. They were down by seven points at the break. But I think if you look at the run of form that Bristol have been on, and I think the, the teams that they've gone up against, um, we go back. If we go back to sort of pre Six Nations, take some of that in. They beat Quinns. Then that was the final game before the Six Nations. They then come back with a bang. Uh, they put nearly fifty points onto Sale Sharks. They then beat Exeter. And then the following week, they then go to Saracens uh, in a match that they could have won, and it should have just been seven points. Um, but then Holly Aitchison banged the penalty over to give them not a losing bonus point. Uh, and then they go on the road again 
and beat and beat Bristol. So I think I think yes, the performance against Wasps wasn't the first half wasn't outstanding, but that's back to back road wins, and I think you've got to consider as well the circumstances in which Wasps were playing under. So I'd almost put a little bit more faith in Bristol than I would at Gloucester this coming weekend. I'll come on to my predictions right at the end of the episode when we do those, but I think it's worth considering at this point that momentum is with Bristol. Uh, they come in win, winning two out of the last three games, push Saracens bloody close. Saracens, who I think are potentially the hottest team at the moment in the Prem 15s. Um, I I think Gloucester are going to have to play their best rugby if they are to beat Bristol. You know, if you look at the psychology of it, um, Saracens were the first team to end, well, Saracens ended Gloucester's winning streak at home. So that, you know, you're thinking, oh, got to play Saracens again at home. That's a terrifying prospect. But then also you look at it and go, well, Saracens haven't won at Sandy Park um, and Exeter haven't won at Saris. Who would we rather play, right? Psychologically, we don't want to play Saris, I'm going to guess. I, I think personally, you look at the draw and you go, okay, I'd rather have Exeter on that one because Saris ended there unbeaten run at home that's not you know that'll be in the back of your mind so actually letting not letting I'm not saying they let them but having Exeter secure that home semi-final that might then play into the psychology of Saracens and it all might kind of work I mean I'm probably looking into it way too far and they probably don't even consider it but if you were you know as a to kind of speak as a, a Gloucester fan as most people know I am if you go okay right well this is the way it could end up. That's what that Saracens, that's what Exeter score, sorry, means. Okay, maybe they'll have a chance against Exeter. I don't know. I think it's probably something to pay slight consideration to. I don't know. You know, that Saracens have got to go away and play Exeter, who are formidable at home. An exciting weekend. It's an exciting weekend, Imo. You're absolutely right. And if you kind of just keep going on that rabbit hole of permutations and the psychology, there's also the conditions to consider that Exeter, Sandy Park is a hybrid between grass and artificial turf, whereas Stone X and Kingsome are fully artificial. So you might you, you might then argue that Saris are also a little bit more uncomfortable playing at Sandy Park. Gloss are okay playing at Stone X, but they're happier to have Exeter come to, to 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 King's home, which is slightly different from what Exeter play at in Sandy Park because King's home is fully artificial, whereas Sandy Park isn't. So there's 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 also that in terms of condition. I guess you could argue that Gloucester have played what three times at King's home this year, three four times. Yeah, there's there's also that which is it's their home but not so home, you know. Obviously, the draw wasn't done. I don't think it was done with Gloucester in mind as a home team, you know, just having an artificial pitch. But actually, are, are Gloucester going to be the advan- the disadvantaged one coming into it because they have played fewer games on artificial? I don't know. Here's my here's my hot take um, that we're dropping in. The winner of the Prem 15s is going to come from that Saracens-Exeter semi-final. Oh, that's a hot take. I'm thinking I'm putting my rugby... World Cup hat in mind, but it was diffused this past World Cup when we saw England play in that, in the sense that the Saris Exeter game will be the tougher game, and whoever comes out of that will come out of the ringer and will really, really have to do more emotional uplifting again to come back to the same level and play whoever wins that Gloucester Bristol semi final. So 
because it's a harder route i'm 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 suspecting should we go in and say predictions imogen gloucester heart versus bristol bears at king's home Exeter versus Saracens at Sandy Park. My heart would love Gloucester to win, obviously, because as a Gloucester fan, Gloucester have been Gloucester as a club have been nowhere close to any finals for a good few years now. So speaking with my cherry and white hat on, I'm gonna say Gloucester to win. But I think Bristol are a terrifying prospect. And if if I was a betting woman, I don't think I'd put money on it. Um I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Bristol push them close or even sneak a win in there. Um, Exeter salaries, I'm going to call Exeter, I think. Um, also, just for the pure fact that it would mean a team outside of London would get to win it, which I think for the progression of the Prem 15s as well would be something really excellent to see. You know, salaries have, have done really well to come back from, I think they were seventh at the end of the year um, last year, and they've come back in up into the top four. But I think... To be able to see an extra a Gloucester or a Bristol win would be very well received. Okay, so Emo's heart says Gloucester Hardpre um, for that game at King's Home. And her head says Exeter for that game at Sandy Park. All right, Fergus. Gloucester Hardpre are going to win the first semi-final. Despite everything I said about Bristol, I think if, Glo- if Gloucester come out and play Gloucester rugby for two halves, Gloucester win. Okay, Sandy Park? I'm sure Dave Ward will have something to say about sure, your, I'm sure you your prediction there. But Saracens are going to go to Sandy Park and win. <gasps> you hate the West Country, it's confirmed. You don't want a West Country winner. Saracens, so... Saracens are going to go and win. They have they have gone up and they have won at, at Gloucester this season already. Yes, they've lost twice at Sandy Park. But their most recent loss was their Prem Cup team. They didn't have their full whack of All-Stars. And right now, Saracens are the hottest team in the league in terms of their winning streak they've been on since January. Saracens are going to go in and beat the Chiefs. Okay, so TW2 can't agree on who's winning the second semi-final. What's your take? Imogen... You're not getting out of this. Gloucester-Bristol... Um... Yeah, I think it's going to be more of more Hunt in that match. And she's going to keep on her amazing form in the Prem 15s and lead her team to victory. I'm going Gloucester victorious at King's Home. And I'm going to put a score to it. I'm going to say Gloucester by seven. If we go to Sandy Park versus Saracens, they're good at winning big matches. They're proven out winners when it comes to these type of games. Mali Parker had her team. But I think Sandy Park is just too much of an uphill battle. I don't think they win at Sandy Park, so I'm calling Exeter Chiefs to take that one by three points. Which would mean if Saris don't win, we'll have a West Country winner. We'll have a West Country. And big news, TW2, Prem 15s and 15s will be on site for that final at King's Home. Regardless of who's playing in it, we will be there to give you all the action live from there and updates. And yeah, so you might want to tune into our socials because we will be when it happens we will be there this will be my first time at king's home since 2017 so i'm very excited and you call yourself a gloucester fan i live three hours away speak about that later thank you for choosing us as your home for the prim 15s updates we've been the tw2 don't forget two blockbuster semi-finals happening this weekend at king's home gloucester heart pre-take on bristle bears 
And then at Sandy Park, Exeter Chiefs lock horns with Saracens. I've been Caleb Mutombo, joined by Fergus Mainland and Imogen Ainsworth. Stay classy. Up the Prem 15s. <laughs>